You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm your co-host, Brad Jackson. And this week, we're going to go back to, like, Mayan times. What are we smoking this week, Brad? Ah, this week, we have the Alter Q by Oscar Valadares. Yeah, um, we've smoked a couple of these uh, by Oscar cigars, and this is one of his latest creations. Uh, it's got, hey, it caused us to, like, Google some stuff and learn a little bit about uh, South American history, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I never realized that I had a uh, knack for becoming an archaeologist until I, uh, you know, dug into this box of cigars. Um, this is rather unique. Uh, not only does the box sport, you know, a bunch of Mayan designs, but also, too, every cigar is named after um, one of the 16 Copan rulers. So every cigar, even though it's the same, has different artwork and a different name, so you can learn a little bit about each ruler. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, and the box. Well, the altar cue is uh, refers to this uh, square stone block that they were found in the Copan, which is not a tesseract. Modern, modern day uh, Honduras, and it it basically the carved into this block is like the history of like the you know rulers of this area from a certain time, and the box looks like that block itself so it's like even the artwork on the box is amazing because i mean it looks just like the the mayan carvings and if you've ever smoked the the leaf by oscar it has that kind of that i don't know that rough pulpy paper wrapper that like those bands are made out of but it you know each one has like a big uh drawing of that particular ruler uh for each of the 16 cigars in the box you know one for each of the each of the rulers yeah, and the box is laid out actually in the order that the um, rulers appear in the monument, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, we are smoking the number five and number six. Uh... I got number four. Dude. Oh, you got four. So all right, we got four and six. Somehow we like you know skipped five. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I think one of them literally has no name, so it says no name on the label. Um, <laughs> His name fell off the block. Yeah. It's almost like that uh, Fuente Nameless cigar that uh, debuted a while back or something. But, I yeah. mean, I, I've, I've liked Oscar stuff, and uh, this is another one that I like. Uh, this is going to feature a Sumatra Ecuadorian wrapper with Honduras binder and filler. Um, these all come in at 6x52. Um, it only comes in the one size, and like I said, the Honduran tobacco comes from that Copan region where these people ruled back in Mayan times. So, yeah. We're going to talk time travel here in a little bit. So, uh, you know. That's kind of crazy, too, you know, because, you know, Oscar's a quirky guy. But it's cool to see him, you know, really take on some kind of serious, like, oh, I'm, you know, kind of breaking away from the the island, you know, and going over here to... Like you know. with his uh, his other partner, that whatever the Island Jim cigars, but even yeah. like like the Leaf by Oscar or uh, was it Superfly that we reviewed a, a while ago. I mean, he's always got like really cool, kind of like 
novelty art associated with cigars, but even though they're, you know, kind of the artwork is a novelty, the cigars themselves are always like, you know, well-made and fairly, you know, good flavor overall. And, you know, we were only just lit these up, but I mean, so far this one kind of falls, still falls in that category of it's looks cool, but also looks pretty cool too. No, I mean, it smokes really good. Um, you know, it's definitely an earthy cigar. Um, a little bit, you know, woody. Um, <laughs> calm down now. <laughs> um, definitely not a powerhouse cigar. I would say that this is probably a, a medium at best. Um, but right now it's chock full of flavor and I'm really enjoying it, which is not surprising because I like a lot of his other blends. And if nothing else, it's got cool ass artwork. So you can like you know put in your if you're if you're one of those like you know band collectors it's got, it's got well cool I mean not shit. even the bands but the box itself is you know decorated quite nicely um and that you know that would be kind of a cool display uh you know once all the cigars are gone yeah this is this is one that's like yeah you definitely if you, if you don't want to buy a whole box you definitely want to find an empty box at your local retailer when they run out because. Yeah, the box itself is almost a, a work of art. And if you've got to go on a archaeological dig in the middle of uh, Honduras, call in the Strike Force, strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for 20% off your order, or the TVA will come and get you. <laughs> Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about Loki this week. And time travel, and the Marriott. <laughs> I mean, we're so close to Dragon Con. I mean, how can you not talk about loki when 80 percent of it is the marriott <laughs> yeah it's pretty much every episode like, oh, i guess it's, I, I remember this corner of the marriott <laughs> it's really kind of funny watching people post like hey the tva headquarters is this place in atlanta everybody in atlanta knows like <laughs> yeah you're, you're not you know yeah i've seen so many articles i think like there's a saw one is like nerdist like oh the set of loki is a real hotel in atlanta we're like yeah we know it's Hell, it's been in a bunch of the Marvel movies. It was in Spider-Man. It was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's like, yeah, the Marriott and like the surrounding hotels are like a Marvel staple at this point. <laughs> I mean, do you ever think we get to a point to where, you know, you got Netflix or Stranger Things, you know, at the old Gwinnett Place Mall. You got Disney Plus and Marvel at the Marriott. Like, I just see an epic grounds for, like, beefing over turf occurring. <laughs> like, like, these two factions. Nah, homie, warring. this is Disney territory. Get your ass back over the Netflix side of the street. <laughs> <laughs> What's weird, too, is, like, uh, all these shows that have shot in those hotels, and none of these actors ever come to Dragon Con. Like, I don't remember any of, like, the big Marvel people ever. James Gunn has come. But, like, as far as the actors go, I was like, I don't think any of them have, like, been to Dragon Con that I remember in recent history. I'm like, motherfuckers, y'all are here, like, every year filming shit. Just hang out. Come come by the show. <laughs> yes. Speaking of the show, um, the show will go on. And in Nerd News, we will be talking more specifically on what this year's show is going to be like. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, see what I did there is I planted a seed. 
if the TVA doesn't prune prune us for uh, releasing. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've probably already been pruned. We uh, you know, we're in this endless time loop where you know every couple of weeks we got to sit down and do another podcast recording. We can never finish. <laughs> this is this is our destiny. Uh, and with that, we'll be right back. Long ago, there was a vast multiversal war. Countless unique timelines battled each other for supremacy, nearly resulting in the total destruction of, well, everything. But then the all-knowing timekeepers emerged, bringing peace by reorganizing the multiverse into a single timeline, the Sacred Timeline. Now, the timekeepers protect and preserve the proper flow of time for everyone and everything. But sometimes, people like you veer off the path the timekeepers created. We call those variants. And welcome back. Here we are yet again. And I'm going to call it now. We're, you know, what, four or five weeks out from Dragon Con. I think I think this is going to be our when we do our Dragon Con wrap up show. What was the number one costume that we saw at Dragon Con? It's got to be fucking Loki's and Loki variants. <laughs> Definitely a lot of room for variants. I mean, I I don't know, dude. I gave my bearded dragon some Loki horns. It was not too <laughs> enthralled with me, but uh, you know, I'm like you're you're a variant. <laughs> Fuck, we're gonna have to like make up like a bingo card of like variants. Like, oop, I got a Deadpool variant. <laughs> dude that could be great <laughs> that could be the a whole fucking dragon con uh uh game we play we just like make up a whole bunch of like random fucking variants and just make bingo cards <laughs> follow us on instagram at cigar nerd pod because like i'm taking pick like oh there we go found, found the deadpool variant <laughs> i mean i definitely you know it, i love doing the press thing for dragon con but it's kind of nice to actually go to con as a con goer now, and truly we can go and just make con what we want con to be. Yeah, because like with all the weirdness that's going on this year, it's like we're not going to bother with the whole trying to do interviews and all that shit because the regulations are probably going to make it difficult. And, like, and then we we didn't get to have any con last year. It's like fuck it, let's just take this year off. Go just be drunk people at a con and and. <laughs> And like enjoy ourselves this year, but we'll still do a post con wrap up show and talk about the fuckery we experienced. We just won't have any interviews this year. Um, this this will be the year that instead of uh pie, people will just be hanging out. You know, I got emergency emergency going around. <laughs> immune booster. Here you go, guys. Everybody get your immune boosters. Oh, I wonder what pie laced with emergency would taste like. We can try. <laughs> it's for science. We're gonna make an experiment. <laughs> no, our our alcohol experiments usually go pretty far south on us. I mean, <laughs> like we made drinks wound. that uh, you know didn't actually kill us, but it's like as bad as that taste and as bad as I feel now, I kind of wish it had. <laughs> <laughs> oh, unrelated, but. Uh... <laughs> I was doing a had a class the other day and they were talking about like different breathing exercises for like uh you know building key power and stuff like that and there's like 
all right, you should breathe in for five seconds, hold it for five seconds and out for five seconds. And I'm like, okay. And like, so then after I went and had a cigar after class, I'm like, I'm trying that, the meditation breathing method, but with a cigar, I'm like, all right, let me inhale for five seconds. Hold the smoke for five seconds. <laughs> I, I I did feel more powerful afterwards. And and now I'm spinning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, one of them was breathing for ten seconds. I'm like, ah, nope. <laughs> Tried that one. I about choked to death. <laughs> but yes, we're talking about the latest Disney Plus Marvel series. And since we've, I mean, this is kind of the way to go with like you know, I'm how I'm surprised we're putting movies in theaters anymore. I mean, because these series are almost like a movie. I mean, they're six to eight, ten episodes long. You know, so it's about, you know, two or three movies and like one, <laughs> like one series. So it's like, you know, almost like, and in, as far as the, I guess, production quality of it, it looks just as expensive as one of the, you know, actual Marvel theatrical releases. So I'm like, you know, I mean, they got a whole slate of new movies coming out, but is at a certain point, do they say, fuck it, we're just going to do series from now on? I mean, in a way, I kind of like the series because it allows, you know, a deeper dive into certain aspects and, you know, character building because you're not really worried about that, you know, two and a half to three hour threshold. Whereas, you know, hey, we've got six episodes, you know, we got six hours of content that we can kind of fill and, you know, build yeah, upon. And, you know, I, I, I like that. It definitely allows them to flesh out stories more than they can in an hour, two hour max movie. I mean, like I said, we're getting six hours of content. So there's, I guess, gives them the ability to tell a much broader story versus the uh, the movies. I just wish they would drop them all at once so I could binge watch them in a weekend instead of taking two months to, <laughs> to watch series. I don't know what you're complaining series. about, dude. I watched them all in a weekend. <laughs> well, see, I'm impatient. Like, I'm like, if I don't watch it now, there'll be spoilers on the Facebooks and whatnot. And, like, I got to kind of watch along with everybody else because I can't do what you do and wait yeah. to the end and then just I mean, you're, you're a lot more ingrained in the social media and stuff, whereas, you know, I'm like... A lot of the, you know, the, the stuff that could potentially be spo spoilerish, I try not to follow because I know that's all those groups are going to be talking about. So I'm like, eh, you know what? Like, I'll watch it and, you know, I don't I don't need everybody else's commentary. I'll, I'll form my own, which is kind of good because I get to go into things a bit more blind. So I don't already have some preconceived expectation on... Oh man, this episode is really great. How are they going to be able to top that? And you know, all oh, the next episode. Well, crap, that was a filler episode. You know, <laughs> and, you know. Whereas I'm like, dude, I watched the series in its entirety, and it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, uh, I guess with that, spoiler warning ahead. Sure. Okay. You don't don't you know branch the timeline. The the TVA will show up and like you know Nucus. With their reset charges and prune us with the their blinky sticks. <laughs> they got cattle prods, dude. Okay, <laughs> I mean it's just literally a glorified cattle prod is all it is. Oh, I mean they don't even have the you know men in black flashy thing to you know erase your memory or whatever. It's just like, oh, and we're gonna rewind you back uh, before you did that twelve seconds ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. So this introduces 
a new dimension to the Marvel Universe. Uh, and yeah, I'm wondering how this is going to affect the future of the MCU because a lot of weird shit they introduced that we had, we knew nothing about I, so far. I almost wonder if this isn't their excuse to be like, oh, we reset everything, now everybody's back alive so we can go on making billions of dollars. <laughs> that or now that they own the Fox Marvel properties, this is how we get X-Men and all this other shit. So if they fix the multiverse and kind of reconsolidate everything, oh, now X-Men are in the MCU. I mean, that, <laughs> this series might just be a whole big excuse to like, all right, we need to incorporate all these other properties that we now have that we've not spoken about this entire run. Uh, yeah, let's do a whole multiverse story <laughs> so we can bring them in. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of what DC did on fucking, uh, on all their, the DC TV shows. Cause they had a few that were on other channels and sort of like, all right, we're putting all these other things in like a multiverse. And then like, all right, let's have this big, crossover event where we kill the multiverse and now everyone's on the same timeline <laughs> so we ain't got to deal with the whole multiverse shit anymore i mean that may very well be what they do you know especially if dc's already did it why reinvent the wheel right you know <laughs> uh, and, and marvel's done the same thing in the comic books where they got overly complicated with too many different universes they're like yeah we're gonna kind of consolidate this down to just a couple <laughs> so yeah uh, this kind of starts with, if you remember in Endgame, uh, when they screw up the New York time heist in 2012, Loki gets the Tesseract and pieces out. Well, now we found out what happened to that 2012 Loki. He got jacked by the time police, a.k.a. the Time Variance Authority, not to be confused with the other TVA, which is the Tennessee Valley Authority. <laughs> I've seen a lot of those memes going around like, dude, I found the TVA headquarters. This building's got a big TVA sign. I'm like, no, those guys that build like dams and electro, you know, water plants and shit. <laughs> it's not the time barrier. The time variance is hiding in the Marriott bathroom. Waiting on Dragon Con. <laughs> so yeah, we get this whole like, so apparently there's a sacred timeline and there's these three, uh, and I hit the microphone. Three uh, space lizards that basically control all of destiny, or at least that's what we're told. And they've invented this huge bureaucracy. Barac I can't say that word. Bureaucracy. There you go. <laughs> to police any things that uh, verge off the timeline to prevent, you know, a multiversal war. And I, I do like if. I mean, see, this. I like their uh, way of time travel, but Doctor Who just does it so much better. <laughs> you know, literally, he just gets in a telephone box and you know has a tool and can go ever. Whereas this, it's like, fuck. Now there's branches. There's you know segments of the branches. Like I'm like, Jesus. Like <laughs> <laughs> shit's getting complicated. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then, like so, these time cops show up, arrest the guy, and kind of nuke the the uh things that are are changing the timeline but i got to say the design of it all like this like that huge government style bureaucracy of the TVA and the kind of i want to say 50s 50s art deco sci-fi look to everything this kind it kind of works it it looks pretty cool like it's this huge ult 
ultra powerful organization, but it looks like 1950s sci-fi pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like that's even the computers thing. are like you know kind of antiquated and everything else and that, that's the funny thing about the future is like most futures are very retro and then you know their technology like at least in aesthetics now obviously in 19 you know 50s uh you know, you weren't resetting timelines and everything <laughs> or were you? <laughs> but it just kind of looks like those like the the artwork you see of what they thought the future was going to look like, especially when Loki and uh, Mobius, who is uh, played by Luke Wilson or Owen Wilson, who's like one of the kind of agents of the TVA that hunts down the more threatening variants. Uh, yeah. When they look out like on the world that they're at, and it's like, cause you know, start off, you just see this weird kind of like government, like said, retro looking office. And when he finally gets to like, a balcony. He's like, yeah, go ahead, take a look. And it's like, holy shit, I'm in like, you know, some kind of weird like space show. And he's like, I thought you said there was no magic here. And he's like, oh, there's no magic. This is just fucking time travel technology, man. What's, what are you doing? This is you normal, know, it's, everyday it's, shit. It's always really funny when people envision the future, you know, because like in the 80s, yeah, by, by 2020, we're going to have all these flying cars and everything. And it's like, it, the only thing we have is less trees and more traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. Jeez, these mics are being noisy today. What the heck is going on? I keep, like, fucking accidentally hitting this uh, little screw thingy. Control yourself. I know. I'm, I'm super I'm excited. I'm about to have about... to reset you. <laughs> Fuck. Don't prune me, bro. <laughs> I see episode one, too, when Loki... I mean, because like I said, it's this huge, powerful organization, but they have, like, you know, there's, like, little peon dudes that are, like, you know work the front desk and take in evidence and shit. Well, I mean, dude, a well-organized company, I mean, you gotta not just have CEOs and field operatives. I mean, it takes janitors, it takes clerks, it takes data analysts, it takes people to punch the buttons that, you know, you yourself are more than capable of punching, but <laughs> you know what? I'm beyond that. I'm, I'm better than that. But I, I love, like, the whole, like, Loki's booking in, like, once he's, like, arrested. Because, you know, this is not the Thor Ragnarok, more, I guess, developed Loki. It's the 2012, I want to rule the galaxy, Loki at his most arrogant and evil, before he kind of, like, you know, got humbled and shit, and, and you know, actually helped Thor and in the later movies. So it's, like, super arrogant Loki, and then he's having to go through this, like, booking process where he's just another dude. And it's like the first thing he like goes in, like there's like the damn robot with a big smiley face. Like I tell you what, if I ever come to a counter and they're like, take a ticket, by God, I'm taking a fucking ticket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause like the first guard, just like all nonchalant, like, Oh, fine. You don't want to take a ticket. Go ahead. Proceed. Oh, wait, you got cattle prodded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like fucking disintegrated or at least that's what it looks like. Oh, uh, and even like the whole little, uh, but yeah, like the first little robot guy is like, I'm here to like take your shit. And he's like, get your hands off of me. This is fine as guardian leather. And he's like, oh, and then like the smiley face, like, like, you know, changes. And there's a laser comes out and just cuts all his clothes off <laughs> and then drops him through the floor to like another room. And it's like, please sign here. This is everything you've ever said. What? what? And, like another page. But second goes like, and this, this is absurd. And the, God damn it. All right. If I can sign it. But I mean. He only signed one page. Like, 
It should have been there for like an hour. It's not in every page. Exactly. I like, know. No, you got to read all this for. But then, like, the final room he falls into where it's like, um, looks like a metal detector. And he's like, Do you agree that you are not uh, secretly a robot and you were born, a, you know, a natural born? And he's like, Of course. And he's like, Wait a minute. What happens if I secretly am a robot? And he's like, Well, this will melt you from the inside. And he's like, What if I don't know I'm a robot? It's like the panic of like. Fuck, you've blown my brain now. What if I am a robot? <laughs> Just like the worry on it is like, wait a minute. Do you get a lot of people that don't know they're robots? Wait a minute. What if what I if feel I'm like a... there's not enough information here. <laughs> it's just silly, but it's funny. Uh, yeah, and like you said, the whole like take a ticket. And he's like, the first guy's like, fuck you, I don't want a ticket. And he tells Loki to take it. He's like, fine, whatever. And then they yeah, have the first guy like gets nuked. And he's like, oh shit, I got my ticket. I got my ticket. <laughs> Here's my Dragon Con badge. Let me in. <laughs> I have a badge. Multi-pass. <laughs> and before he even realizes, like, when he goes to, like, trial for his time crimes, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm guilty of this. And he, and, like, nothing happens. He's like, wait a minute. Uh, everybody be quiet. Let me. He's like, they're like, what's he doing? Oh, I think he's trying to use magic. And they're all just, like, giggling at him. They're like, yeah, magic doesn't work here, dumbass. <laughs> But there's like him like to sit there on the stand, like tried to teleport out and he can't go nowhere. It's just, like having like some magical erectile dysfunction there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's MED. <laughs> I got med. Oh. oh. But yeah, it turns out old Mobius is tracking a another Loki. And he's like Need a Loki to catch a Loki. Let me uh see if this one's not as uh Violent is the one that's kills because someone is that you don't see until several episodes later is killing the TVA security agents that go to reset the timelines and stealing their equipment. Damn, still in reset charges. <laughs> and apparently the the variants they have the most trouble with are Loki's because like eventually you get a whole like mon like here's all the previous Loki's we've we've had to deal with they're quite a pain in the ass but for some reason we can't catch this one and she keeps killing all our our people. So let's uh, see if we can get this Loki to help us catch the other, <laughs> the other Loki. It's Loki Inception, man. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be another big costume. Is like variant Loki with like the TVA jacket and the like the cheap suit, <laughs> which very much like the more I saw him, like not in his. You should see in Loki in some kind of fancy Asgardian outfit, but Loki and just like slacks in a tie is like very much like 70s cop show feel <laughs> especially when he gets like the 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 fucking sword harness and it just kind of looks the straps just kind of looks like shoulder holsters it's like it's like this is 70s detective loki <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely uh you know some some vice shit <laughs> I mean, they even had a gator, you know, fucking Miami Vice, uh, Crockett Tubbs. He had that pet gator. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Deadpool variant Loki is going to be the number one costume. <laughs> I wonder how far into Dragon Con that we're going to have to be. Everybody we find that, that is, has one of the T Rex costumes is oh, all going to have yeah, the Loki. That's going to be the other thing, like, number one on the uh, bingo chart is is fucking T-Rex variant Loki. I mean, we had a whole bunch of, like, Pickle Rick year before last. Someone is definitely going to be Alligator Loki. That, that's going to be... 
going to be a thing. Or we're going to see somebody with one of them service Is dogs dressed Loki? as like a uh, alligator Loki. That would be awesome. <laughs> I've seen tons of people like dress up their dogs. Oh yeah, absolutely. In costumes, I mean, so. God damn it! It's going to be such a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not going to give it pets, you know? Like, that's going to suck. Bite your hand off, man. <laughs> and there's so much, like I said, there's so much, pretty much everything shot in the TVA is the Marriott, even down to, like, the Skidmark carpet. And I'm like, they just, like, fill up a whole bunch of green screens. It's like, this is, yeah, this is Marriott. <laughs> we just don't have these bookshelves and stuff. But the uh, the other shit that was like shot around Georgia because like the first kind of thing they take variant Loki out to uh, try to track down is like uh, they take him to a crime scene that's supposed to be at a not in the actual Renaissance a Renaissance festival in like eighties Ohio I think it is but it's all shot at the Georgia Renaissance Festival and <laughs> it's like wait a second we you know we make our livings through this you're not in <laughs> costume. <laughs> Uh, but watching that scene, because we had just went to the Renaissance Festival like a couple weeks prior, and it's like, I recognize those guys. There's like the troll. <laughs> this isn't Ohio. This is like, you know, freaking South Georgia. <laughs> I recognize all these these things. That'll probably be the thing next year. You go to the fucking Renaissance Festival, there'll be TV, uh, TV agents walking around uh, <laughs> reusing their co- cosplay for uh, for that. And, of course, the first thing he does is try to scam them all. And be like, oh, yeah, there's definitely, if you go outside this tent, he's going to kill you. Y'all should just let me go. I'll, I'll, I'll go see what's out there. And they're like, no, you're trying to scam us. We're going to just <laughs> clear this area, take you back, throw you in a... It's like, yeah, we're on to your shenanigans. <laughs> oh. But the whole, bef- before that, when he has to first meets with Mobius, and he's like, Showing him his future of like, no, you you have stepped off the timeline. This is this is all your escape. You're trying to like kind of get to like the psychology of Loki, and he's like, you know, asked him if he likes hurting people and all this stuff, and he, he kind of shows him like his past. The DB Cooper sequence was kind of cool. Like that was big in the trailer, and then turned out just to be kind of like, oh yeah, this is one of my favorite things you did. Let me <laughs> show. You. This was cool. And it was like it has nothing to do with like the actual plot of the show. It's no, just like it's a, just. Cool, cool thing for the trailer, but <laughs> but then again, it's like watching that. I'm like, whenever uh, Daniel Craig hangs up his uh, his 007 badge, I'm like, Tom Hiddleston could probably pull off a James Bond. <laughs> that DB Cooper's like, you know, all smooth and suave, like hair slick. I'm like, Homeboy could probably pull off a Bond. <laughs> he is give English. Him, give him a few years. I I think I could see that. I mean, he, he, he is of the, the right, uh, you know, I, I can't deal with an American Bond. You know, he, he's at least, you know, English or whatever. I mean, I think, I think he could pull that off. The more I see him in things, even not Loki, I'm like, he's a pretty good fucking actor. Yeah, absolutely. Great, now I got that going to my mind. <laughs> Loki Bond variant. Somebody's walking around with a suit and freaking Loki horns on. 
Dude, you're about to, like, burn everything down. And my beard survives another light from my fucking lightsaber. If you've not seen it on our Instagram, go check it out. Uh, someone makes a Star Wars lightsaber butane torch. And it's, like, legit lightsaber size. But if you turn this thing all the way up, fuck, it's got a three-foot flame on it. <laughs> you got to be careful. You will burn your beard off. But they look really fucking cool, and they have them in several different uh, styles. What if you can't grow a beard? Well, then you're just not going to get like flash burn. You might you might lose an eyebrow or something if you're if you're not careful. But yeah, that whole sequence him showing like not only what he had done so far, but showing to what would happen to him if he, you know, continued on the proper path. Like you know, his mother getting killed, and and later on when Loki does escape. And then ends up coming back there, and he just watches kind of like the rest of his history, where it's like, oh, my mother died, my father died, me and my brother kind of make up, and then my planet dies, and then I die. And he just has that, like, breakdown, where it's like, this super arrogant Loki is, like, there just crying. And when Mobius comes up hanging, like, one of the things, you know, I thought it was kind of cool when he talked to him earlier, he's like, He's like, you know, trying to ask him why he's like, oh, this TVA is all bullshit. It's all part of the illusion. It's the the cruel illusion put on by the weak to instill fear in a desperate control you know, attempt at control. And when he finally asked after he has that whole like, oh, this is where my life's going moment. And, you know, he's like, so why do you do this? The reason why I do this is because this is the I don't like hurting people. I have to. It's part of the cruel illusion put on by the weak myself. To instill fear in a desperate attempt at control, you know, and kind of, kind of, amidst that, you know, deep down he's just, you know, kind of a scared kid, despite all his arrogance and narcissism. Narcissism, Loki, really? <laughs> he's just out to have a good time. <laughs> I'm just the god of mischief. Yes. I'm a mischievous scamp. <laughs> and when he escapes, too, freaking Mobius is like that mischievous scamp. <laughs> oh, what exactly is a scamp? Mm. It's like a scampy. Sure, you you put the cocktail sauce on it. Okay. <laughs> so like a shrimp scampy. Oh, and then the the sequences where they're trying to like basically do research to figure out where Loki is hiding, and he he finds the record on. Ragnarok, and he's like, oh, there's no temporal energy here at this disaster. And he's like, that's it. It's like, if you... You can hide in somewhere where a disaster is going to happen, because no matter what you change in the timeline, it's just going to get wiped out whenever the volcano goes off or planet blows up, whatever. Whatever post-apocalyptic event you got. Like, you know, the evil Loki's got to be hiding in some kind of apocalypse. And like when he he goes in to like try to explain that to Mobius and he's like trying to eat lunch he's like your salad is an apocalypse and then you know the salt and all this other stuff is that's you know you know, freaking uh you know anything that could change the timeline you can do all this other shit but it doesn't matter because this coke I'm gonna pour in it is you know the apocalypse just wipes it all out he's like you just wiped out my lunch asshole <laughs> and then they go to test the theory he's like they go to like Pompeii. And he's like, all right, we got to do something just small to see if it, it causes a, a, a nexus event. 
He's like, let's just like go like tip over that cart. He's like, fuck that. He like lets all the like the pigs or goats or whatever free, and he's like, hello, I am Loki. We are from the future, and you're about to all die. Run, run for your lives. And like he's like, see, nothing happens. <laughs> and then the volcano explodes and wipes out Pompeii right before they you know, jump back <laughs> to the TVA. But yeah, it's like whole sequence of just like him like trying to like cause a Nexus event to test his theory is just. It yeah, gets, so, it gets mean, very they, buddy cop, at, at least in that first, yes. that, like, second, third episode. Yeah, because, I mean, y- you think about most theories of time travel, and you go back, and it's like so much as stepping on a leaf, you know, <laughs> and what kind of ripple that could create down the road, or, crap, I crushed the one and only variety of this insect or something. It's like, kind of interesting, too. I didn't think about it until now, but when you go back to Endgame, when Tony's explaining time travel, he's like, whatever you do in the past doesn't matter because it's not going to change what happens here. Cause this already occurred. So if we come back to this timeline, all it's going to do is like possibly branch off and be a different timeline, but nothing we do in the past can affect the future. Cause the future's all already happening. If it affects the future, then we would not be able to travel to the past. And then you find out that there's, it's kind of his theory is kind of partially correct because it could fuck up shit, but there's always the TVA to come in and reset any <laughs> any time fuckery. Yeah, what happens if they can't interject? Well, if you cross the red line, it, it's gone too far to to fix, and then we get uh, a multiverse. Dun dun dun. You know, key up like whatever the one of the next Marvel movies come out is. Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, so <laughs> they have to call in the doctor to fix everything. <laughs> He's gonna show up and it's like, God damn it, Loki. <laughs> I thought Barry was the one that always yeah. fucked up the timeline. Damn it, Loki. <laughs> well, the only thing to kind of from story wise, when they finally figure out Loki is hiding in basically a Walmart in this town that's going to get wiped out by a hurricane. And they go to confront it and find out that it's a lady version of Loki, which they apparently haven't seen one of those variants uh, yet. And, you know, it even has kind of like a different power set than, than this Loki. And they're going back and forth. And her big plan is reason why she's been, she blames like the TVA for like basically destroying her life. And she's been on the run since she was like a little child and she wants to kill the timekeepers. So all this has been an elaborate distraction to get people out of the TVA. So she could sneak in and, and assassinate the timekeepers. But it's like, she basically sets all these, uh, reset charges and then drops them all throughout history to cause like a shitload of, of branches and then pretty much by the next episode, it's fixed. It's like we we. It's like oh shit, the whole timeline's been bombed. There's tons of fucking branches. Well, see, and it's and like that's kind of wh- yeah. It was like by the next episode, it's like no, oh, we fix all that shit. It's like I was like that seemed like well, repaired way too easily. Here's here was my problem, right? As they were talking about apocalyptic events, and you know, like I think. Like, on a grand scheme of apocalypse, like, world-ending, end of civilization, or, you know, end of whatever species rules at that time. Whereas, like, most of these events were, like, 
I'm sorry. That hurricane isn't going to threat the globe. Like, well, no, it's like a localized apocalypse. Like, everyone in that town's going to die. So anything I do in this town that's going to get erased isn't going to affect. You know, but like I said, that, but she drops the bombs through the little time gates and just you know throws them all over existence and causes like hundreds of branches. But yeah, it's like they never mention that again. It's like by the next episode rolls around, it's like yeah, we we fixed that. That that was just a wild Saturday for <laughs> that us. That was just a. Uh... You know, a glip in the matrix, you know, <laughs> yeah. like we just like control alt delete and reset everything. We're good. <laughs> Guys, did you, uh, power the timeline on and off again? Great. <laughs> exactly. They had to reboot the intergalactic router <laughs> and fix all these, these variants. I knew I was just a program. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, Loki follows her back to the TVA and, uh, and, you know, fight ensues. But, you know, he ends up stopping her before she can get to the, the, uh, timekeepers and ends up knocking her into a, another uh, apocalypse hiding place. And they land on some planet that's about to be wiped out and break their time travel device. So then you get a nice episode of them being stuck there, kind of getting to know each other, and Loki flirting with himself. If you bang your variant, is that just masturbation? I, I think so at that point. I mean, <laughs> That's one of the best memes I saw after all this was uh, Loki meeting Fat Thor. And he's like, he's like, Loki, he's like, yes, I'm back, brother. He's like, you got fat. And he's like, go fuck yourself. He's like, I tried, brother. I really tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean cause it it's not like hey that's your sister no it's you're, you're technically not, I mean, a it, different version of you yep you could have been born a girl oh uh, but then again for someone like Loki no one truly understands him but himself, apparently. <laughs> but yeah, that was kind of weird that he's he's like fallen and 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 love kind of with his. Uh, but is it himself. though? I mean, if you're that narcissistic, do you love anybody more than you truly love yourself? True enough. It makes sense in a twisted way. This this is definitely a uh, a Loki way of doing things. <laughs> and then they're on this like train trying to like, all right, well, there's a spaceship that doesn't escape the planet like we can get there and make sure this spaceship uh gets us off the planet and they sneak onto this train and it's like she like takes a nap and wakes up and loki's like drunk in the bar like talking shit with all the people on the tra- having a good old time and it was like sometimes you got a party like it's the end of the world because i mean at that point it is which is kind of weird like they're on a train like I guess the train is, you know, your transport to get to the device that's going to get you off of, you know, the rock that another planet's hurtling toward, but... <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a, it's a like, civilization that has mastered space travel, but we still have trains. Y'all just getting fucking teleport or some shit. And then, and then you also get the reveal... or, hey, it's probably not going to be safe on top of the surface, so we probably need to have something like 
underground that <laughs> isn't going subway. to be susceptible to, you know, uh, meteorites and whatnot. That we also get the big reveal when he starts talking to Lady Loki, Sylvie, that uh, how her powers work is like, oh, I just go into the person's mind and and kind of go into a memory, and that's how I'm able to enchant these people. And they're like, well, don't aren't these TVA agents just like drones created for the TVA? And she's like, no, I, I actually found like a previous life when I went into these people's minds. And he's like, she's like, all these people in the TVA weren't magically created. They're variants that have been like mind wiped and basically enslaved to run this TVA. <laughs> so it's like, oh shit. Which kind of explains like Owen Wilson's obsession with uh, jet skis and his little like time variant office. He's got like an old jet ski magazine. He's like, man, these things are like the the perfect, you know, some at some great points in history, form and function you know, come together and make art. And he's like, you know, he's like, have you ever ridden a jet ski? No, I mean, you know, I, I, my, he's like, dude, you can literally travel anywhere in time. We can go, you know, hell there's, you know, Lake Lanier is like 30 miles from here. We can go get on a jet ski. <laughs> and that's like the one of the big like misses and maybe we'll get it in season two. Owen Wilson never got, got to get on a jet ski. I, I kept waiting for that to be a thing at some point that he would have, that, you know, some plot device. He's eventually going to get a jet ski. <laughs> or you finally go back into his history and find out he's a variant of a guy that was like a jet ski salesman in the 80s or some shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely think he gets his lake house, his jet ski. like. <laughs> or, you, or you see like his like you know original timeline. Dude, he's got a Loki variant jet ski, okay? Like, his jet ski is just another variant. <laughs> It's like Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a Loki jet ski. Why not? Oh. Loki's like, look, you you know, we, we had our differences, you know, but I'm going to give you this, buddy. <laughs> I am now a jet ski. Ride me. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that sounds bad. Oh, and then when, you know, they miss the, the rocket gets blown up and they think they're going to die and... They kind of have a loving moment of holding hands, and that causes a huge nexus event that even can be detected in uh, in an apocalypse. So they show up and arrest them. And that, but that little time cell Loki gets tossed in is kind of that would suck. It's like here's a really bad day of your life, and we're just gonna make you repeat it over and over. This keeps getting the shit kicked out of him well, by uh, Lady like Sif it, over and over again. It was really a great kind of contrast, you know, because um, the Lucifer series. You know, like, that's sort of their version of hell, right? Where literally you can get up and walk out of the room at any time, but people are so riddled by their own guilt that they're forced to repeat this same, you know, traumatic event. Don't even think to get up and, like, just leave. You know? Um, So I I thought that was kind of cool. Like, (laughs) you know, but it was kind of weird that. You know, he's there in real time, so he's able to be like, okay, I know this shit's coming, like, let me, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes, I'm sorry, I didn't mean for, the fuck, he just apologized. Well, you know what, I'm programmed to do this, so uh, we're doing this. Yeah, even when he gets to the point where he, like, basically learns his lessons and figure out where he fucked up in that moment and apologizes, and she, like, you know, 
all right, you know, we're cool. And like wanders off. Well, then she immediately walks back in the room and it starts over again. So even learning his lesson doesn't end the fucking loop. He just is going to get his ass kicked over and over again until Mobius lets him out. Uh, and, you know, and then they actually go to meet these timekeepers and escape and cut one of them's head off and finds out that it's just a elaborate Disney animatronic. <laughs> they're on, they're in the hall of presidents. It's all a lie. <laughs> Which is still just the Marriott. <laughs> you can never escape this hotel. It will consume you. And of all the fucking... Uh, like, that episode, Loki gets pruned. And, you know, up until this point, you believe that anyone who gets pruned is just basically disintegrated. And I'm like, holy shit, we got two more episodes. Or actually three more episodes, I think, at that point. And I'm like, and y'all just killed off Loki. Like, what the fuck? That's the, the whole, like, having to wait a fucking week. I mean, you didn't have to experience this because you had to watch it all at once. But, you know, being like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> they just, like, killed their main character, like, halfway through the series. Yeah, because you were talking to me and you're like, something big fucking happened and I hate you because you haven't seen it, so I can't <laughs> talk to you about it. And Oh, but then we find out that, uh... No, really, you, you don't get go to the void. Yeah, they just transfer you basically to the interdimensional junkyard where all the things that they've pruned out of these time these anomalies get dropped at the basically the end of time and there's a big smoke dragon that feeds on temporal energy i guess and eats all the fucking variations but it's like populated with like a shitload of loki's because loki's are smart enough to like not get eaten by the dragon so like there's just like a ton of like classic comic book easter eggs in that episode where loki's running around the void i mean you even see the thanos chopper <laughs> I mean, in the comic books, Thanos had a helicopter at one point, and you see a Thanos copter. You even like at one point they he he runs into like a kid Loki, an old man Loki, and a couple other Lokis, and they take him to their underground base, which is like an old bowling alley. But as the camera's like panning through the dirt to get down to the bowling, alley, you see like Mjolnir, and then you see uh, Frog Thor in a <laughs> in a jar trying to get to Mjolnir, like because there's in one of the comics Loki turned Thor into a frog, so there's like a He's like so many. Uh, there's like a giant wasp helmet out in the wastelands, and it's just like just a ton of classic Marvel Easter eggs in in the void that I thought was was cool as that shit. That was probably one of my favorite parts was just seeing all the little you know hidden gems. <laughs> yeah, and then like President Loki shows up with his band of Loki variants <laughs> trying to uh, take over, and then none of the Lokis can can agree on. Who gets to lead? And even, I mean, there's even an alligator Loki that bites off some dude's hand. <laughs> uh, until, like, you know, Sylvie convinces Mobius that, you know, the TVA is bullshit. And he tries to help her escape and gets pruned himself. And then Sylvie and, and, uh, and, uh, Mobius show up in the void and come up with a whole plan. Like, if we're going to. The How only way get a vehicle in the void. I don't know, maybe maybe that car was a you know wrong model number or something. You know, they had to, they had to prune it. You know that that's that's a fifty six and a half Chevy. It's it wasn't supposed to be made. We're gonna have to prune this timeline. <laughs> I mean, hell, they had a whole battleship show up at one point. That uh... God, I remember <laughs> when that was big in the car industry. You know, before like you would get a new model, you know, every year, and then Toyota started doing the. 
2019 and a half. Like, <laughs> the fuck is a half? Like, give me the 2020 or the 2021. Like, yeah, you want to make a, a design change? Just wait till the next year's model. It's like, no, no, we, it's, we, we think this is really cool. We want to release it now. We don't want to wait till next year. We're going to just put out a, a half model. <laughs> oh. But yeah, like, they show up and come up with a whole plan to to kill the dragon. That too, and when he talks to old man Loki, I, I like, he's like, all right, I've seen our timeline, how we're supposed to to end. Like, how did you get to be an old man? And he's like, there's nothing, you know, like, he's just like he says like knives are for the weak. There's nothing more powerful than a Loki's magic. And he's like, so when Thanos came to kill me, I just created a, uh, a uh, illusion so real that he believed it, and I just like pissed off and hung out on this planet, you know, for most of my days until I got uh, basically got bored and missed my family, wanted to see my brother, wanted to, was tired of being alone. So it's, the second I tried to step off this planet and back into the real world, like the TVA showed up and fucking sent me here. So I'm wondering if that's how they bring. Like, somehow he gives that information to his future self, and they bring Loki back into the MCU at some point. It's like, oh, I wasn't dead. I Some other Loki showed up and told me I needed to make a cool illusion and, and fake my death, so I didn't really die uh, when Thanos blew everything up. Does that mean that, theoretically, he could go back and kill Thanos? In some reality, he may have. <laughs> Cause we, I actually uh, landed the blow. <laughs> I mean, cause, I mean, obviously with the TVA, like there's some very powerful shit. Cause they just use the fucking infinity stones as paperweights there. Yeah, cause there's like no magic there, and he's like, "Is this the true power of the galaxy?" <laughs> and like the one guy who's like said, just the pea, the peon created is like, "Give me the test I'll gut you like a fish." He's like, "What's a fish?" He's like, how do you not know what a fish is? <laughs> it's like I just want to know what I'm being threatened with. <laughs> Don't know what a fish is. That's a bleak future. They're, they're not eating good if that's the case. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess they're all variants and, you know, created. So, I mean, I, I guess maybe they don't even need to eat. I mean, they, they I mean, do Owen have Wilson whiskey. Ha- I mean... Yeah. Hell, Owen Wilson had a salad and a juice box for lunch. Uh, so, I mean, they got food. I guess they just don't like fish in the <laughs> Just don't <laughs> in the like TV. good food. Yeah. A juice box and a salad ain't doing shit for them. Yeah. Oh... But yeah, the kind of my only complaint, and it's not really a complaint, it's just because I'm impatient and I want to see how the story ends. This is the only series so far that definitely, that left on a cliffhanger. Like, all the others were like almost standalone stories where they could do another season, but the, the events of this particular story is pretty well wrapped up with other clues for other things they're going to do later on or things that may end up in the larger MCU movies. But this is the only one that ends with a fucking cliffhanger. And it's like, Oh no, you thought you were going to get all your, your question answered. Fuck you. We'll see you in season two. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) I want to know how this ends. You will. And cliffhanging motherfuckers in season two or in the next like Marvel movie. Like, you know, that somehow after, you know, the Loki season. This is what transpired. 
and then season two of Loki will be paving the way for another movie or something. <laughs> like, that's the thing, man. It's like, this is going to be like fucking, you know, Star Wars, you know, where you're going to have to follow, like, all of the series and the movies to, like, gather the whole picture. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like, it's getting to the point where, yeah, all those... Like, everything is just going to be intertwined. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you've not watched Black Widow yet, but there's a character from Falcon and Winter Soldier that shows up in that movie. And my wife was like, who the fuck is that? I'm like, you've got to go watch all the Disney Plus series, because all that shit affects the shit in the MCU now. So it's it's still all interconnected. So if you don't watch this, you don't know who the fuck that person is. Shit, I'm just going to have to start playing Margo, uh, Marvel's Legos. <laughs> Yeah, and you're gonna have to get the you're gonna have to get the Marvel Lego series to uh, to understand this plot point in the next movie. Yeah, it's it's getting it's getting pretty multiversal like uh, complex. But yeah, they defeat the dragon and get to the actual kind of timekeeper who lives on a cool space castle and on a rock floating in between the existences and shit. And it was kind of weird, like, it had like a, uh, I mean, we smoked that, uh, whatever, Kintsugi cigar the other day. His castle kind of looked like that. It looked like it was all broken apart and then pieced back together with, like, gold and shit. So it was like all the, it's like this black onyx, but there's like these like, little streaks of, of gold running throughout it. It kind of reminded me of that, uh, Kintsugi, uh, design work. And then you meet the true bad guy, uh the man who has created the, who ended the multiversal war and created the sacred timeline, he who remains. Which, people keep saying that's going to be Kang the Conqueror because he kind of looks like Kang the Conqueror, but they never call him Kang the Conqueror, but so, fuck if we know. <laughs> so, We'll just leave it at he who remains, and that'll be that, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, that was the only weird part is... Well, he says he's like... When he starts explaining it, he's like, yeah, really smart man in the future discovered multiverses and a way to connect the multiverses, and basically there's like a whole bunch of infinite versions of me kind of self-congratulating each other. I mean, some of us were scientists, some of us were conquerors, and everyone's like, oh, conquerors, that's got to be Kang the Conqueror. That's going to be the next villain post Thanos. And, but that is like, yeah, but then again, you know, we're all basically arrogant and we all started fighting over who had the superior timeline and a whole war broke out until I found the dragon that basically feeds on temporal energy and wiped out everyone except for, and then kind of rebooted the world with this one timeline here. And, you know, y'all can't defeat me because I know everything that's going to happen. Cause I'm, He's like, y'all may have, uh, you know, walked the path, but I'm the one that paved the street. Y'all just walked down it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, how can you defeat me when I know everything? <laughs> but he's 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 kind of weird. Too. He's like, yeah, they're they're thinking they're thinking this like big ultimate like Thanos type villain, and it's just dude like it comes out of an elevator and an Apple going, hey guys, come to my office, have a seat, let's let's talk this over. <laughs> it's just like he's like. He's like evil in a simple way. It's 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 so weird. You're like like you're just, you're almost as confused as Loki and and uh, Lady Loki because they're just like yeah, because you just expect a dude some grand the end of the world, but no, <laughs> just 
some dude chilling chilling in his uh, office eating apples writing all of history I mean so with that theory though everything is already predetermined like at least in this sacred timeline and the TVA keeps it from branching out and everything has to stay according to his plan so I guess season 2 will be the what we found was a sacred timeline was really just a lesser timeline. It's not the timeline. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they're going to fix all this shit, because basically he gives them the choice, like, hey, basically my, I know everything's going to happen up until this point, because this is kind of where I ended the story. Now you have a choice, either you can let me retire, and y'all take over the TVA and keep maintaining the sacred timeline, and, you, and y'all are now in charge of everything. Hell, you can even let the TVA agents know they're just variants themselves and give them all free will or you can kill me and the timeline just starts infinitely branching and maybe like when you like you know when you deal with a mafia and you kill a dictator you know something worse may come in to fill that void and you may have to deal with a variant of myself that's uh, you know more evil <laughs> you know the choice is yours and loki tries to like no no i just want you know i'm i'm done with the whole needing to conquer everything i just want you know you Sylvie to be okay and you know and she f- kisses him and like kicks him off the timeline is like yeah but that's not what I want I want fucking vengeance and kills the dude and then you just see fucking infinite timelines started creating and Loki wakes up back in the TVA and then you get that reveal when he goes to find Mobius and tell him like oh shit's all fucked up and they're like who are you what's your name do you work in analytics and it's like oh fuck I didn't get kicked back to the timeline i was on i'm in one of these branched realities so yeah how he's gonna get back to like you know where he came from is gonna be the big deal of uh of season two and like so yeah that from you just see how much the timelines are all branching and shit it's they definitely created a uh temporal shit storm at the end of this series i mean it is like clusterfuck for sure how it's how all that's gonna affect the MCU. I mean, we already know there's a fucking multiverse Doctor Strange movie, so I don't know if season two of Loki will come out before, because I've not heard any news on when season two of that's coming, but I don't know if it'll come out before the Doctor Strange movie, or if it'll kind of go hand in hand, same same time as the Doctor Strange movie. But yeah, shit's, shit's all sort of fucked up. <laughs> Damn it, Loki! You fucked up the timeline. <laughs> we all, you know, we've talked about Mobius. We have our other, like, you know, new character added to the universe, Miss Minutes, <laughs> which is a weird anim. Like, at first you see her in this basically like TVA, like, so you're a variant. Here's like what's going on, like this, like very like fifties training video animation, and then you turns know what out- it is, dude. It is the TVA's version of Clippy. You remember <laughs> yeah, Clippy? Yeah, you the know, clip art guy from uh, Microsoft. You know, yeah. and... but then like you know, it turns out she's actually like self-aware. She's basically like the computer system that runs the whole TVA, and, and even like like the big reveal too. Before they even get to He Who Remains, when they open up the castle and walk in, she's like, "Hi, you've made it to the castle." <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Played by Tara Strong, who's 
famous voice actor have done everything from Harley Quinn and the animated series to like tons and tons of voice work. I think she's even done some Star Wars stuff. Like so, yeah, having her in the in the MCU uh, voice, voicing Miss Minutes is. You know what it really reminded me of too? What? Medical Metalocalypse face bones. Yeah. She, <laughs> yeah, she had that way too like chipper attitude, even when she's like being kind of threatening. <laughs> so y'all can take the deal, or he's gonna wipe you out of existence. <laughs> oh, you know, no, we're in charge of our own destiny. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> as she pieces out. Oh. So as we're kind of getting to the end of our sacred timeline, what do you think of this here uh, Ultra Q? Dude, I'm, I'm I'm enjoying it. I mean, it's it's got good flavor, good balance. Um, I mean, it, I've not had a Oscar cigar that I you know have not liked, and uh, this holds true. I mean, um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it's a you know very decent medium bodied cigar. Yeah, it's like there's... I mean, if you're a fan of uh, Honduran cigars, I highly recommend this. It's kind of kind of earthy, and it's it's kind of maintain that flavor profile throughout. There's not there's not like a big uh, like the Sacred Timeline. There's not a whole lot of branching in this. Uh, no, I <laughs> in mean this cigar. It's a good solid, good even burn, solid good cigar. construction. I mean, I got I got no complaints. So, uh, you got any favorite parts of of? Uh, Loki land. I don't know. I think realizing that when the timekeepers, you know, are really just animatronics, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a big fucking Good old time is like, oh, this is all bullshit. Y'all actually believe it? And then you get to the like the big throne room. There's actually three like lizard dudes up there. Like, oh shit, these things are real. And then like she cuts one of them's head off, and it's like, nope, we're in the Hall of Presidents at Disney World. <laughs> this is <laughs> it's this fucking animatronic. It's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. <laughs> Quite literally, <laughs> there's tons of smoke and animatronics. Oh, but yeah, that, that, and that, the episode where Loki gets pruned is like the first one, I think it's the only one that has like a post-credits scene too, so yeah, that one was like... Yeah, that was the other big difference is, you know, I kept uh, waiting at the end, you know, after this epic cliffhanger. Yeah, pretty much my, all we get is like... post credit scene? Yeah, because even all the other ones, like, they didn't do post credit scenes to like the last couple episodes, but yeah... At least the last couple episodes, and always the final episode had a post-credits, where this was like, you got that one post-credit where it's like, after you think Loki dies, he pops up in the void with like, you know, a bunch of other Lokis going, hey, come with us if you want to live. You know, fucking Terminator style. But yeah, there was no like, post-credits at the end, other than like, hey, Loki will return in season two. Like, God damn it, you're not going to give us any clues about what the fuck's about to happen. <laughs> What if they don't have a clue yet? <laughs> the writers is like, dude, we, we made this fucked up story. We don't know how we're going to end it. Let's see what the internet's theories are, and then we'll write something based on whatever the best like fan theory is that pops up. <laughs> I mean, that would be great. Like, I mean, there's so much fan fiction and stuff out there. Like, how great would it be to be like, this guy doesn't even know how right he is. But we're about to write his story. But I then kinda... again, like, would that be plagiarism or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> they give him a credit. Uh, 
I kind of want to see a whole story of uh, D.B. Cooper Loki. <laughs> I kind of want to see that adventure. <laughs> Can we just get like a whole like whole episode of, of, of like Loki like doing pranks through history? <laughs> He's like, I lost a bet with Thor. I had to get the money somehow. <laughs> so I went and robbed an airline back in the like 60s or whatever it was. Loki's <laughs> Greatest Pranks, Volume 1. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're doing that, uh, whatever, Marvel What If animated series coming out. Yeah, let's do, like, a whole, like, you know, series of just, like, Loki's mischief through history of him, like, just, you know, side questing. <laughs> Secretly, everything that we've seen up to this point has just been a big side quest. <laughs> that would Pretty not much. surprise me. Uh, yeah, and all y'all traveling to Dragon Con, you know, like I said, it... We don't have the giant uh, timekeeper statues in the lobby of the Marriott, but pretty much everything else looks exactly the same. <laughs> Just don't get pruned. Yeah. Stay away from the 10th floor. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's where the library is, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's the only floor with, like, the big open area that I could see something <laughs> like that being constructed and shot. Yeah. I mean, but then again, like, you know, all of the bookcases as they panned up and everything, like, you know, it's all either green screens or, you know. Yeah, because those are like the actual floors and shit, but yeah, they just digitally put in the the racks and stuff instead of hotel rooms in the background. Uh, but with that, I guess we'll have to wait till season two to answer these questions. And you'll have to wait till the next episode to see whatever the fuck we're talking about next time. We'll be right back with some science. It's astounding, time is fleeting, madness takes its toll, but listen closely. Not for very much longer. I've got to keep control. gonna talk some science so talk some science to me Straight, start dropping knowledge bombs and shit e equals mc squared Yo, mc squared is my favorite rapper <laughs> well science this week is very robot heavy because there's nothing like scaring us about our impending robot apocalypse and now we have a robot that's the first robot to run a 5k race so now robots are better at cardio than I am. We're definitely going to die. Yep. Like, what kind of death? Like, you know, are they going to phase us? Are they going to prune us? Or are they just going to make us human slaves? Well, this one apparently is going to chase you down and kick you, because it's basically just a pair of legs. Dadgum kickbot! <laughs> it's named Cassie the Running Robot. Uh, completed an entire 5K, which is 3.1 miles, uh, in 53 minutes, which I never ran a 5K, so I don't know how good that time is. 
but it is the first bipedal robot to use machine learning to control an outdoor running gait. Uh, developed by researchers at Oregon State University and Agility Robotics. Uh, it's basically just a pair of legs. Uh, um, you know, this dynamic robot laboratory students at OSU engineered this thing to basically you know, learn to run and control how it runs on you know, various you know, terrains. And one of the kind of the you know inventive of this like you know three hundred thousand dollar robot is it learned to walk on its own. Basically, they just you know built this thing and didn't program it to run. They just used a machine learning AI and trial and error. So this thing literally had to learn to walk before it could run, <laughs> and taught itself all these things, which are kind of scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Self-learning technology is like, at what point does it stop learning? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can walk. Now I can run. Now I can, like, chase you down. And this was, you know, the first time this has ever happened. And with unlike a... a zombie, you can't take it out with a headshot. Yeah, because it has no head. It just has this little ball-type thing that the legs are attached to. Uh, but, yeah, it uh, basically, uh, and they say it could have had a better time, but it did experience two falls and had to be reset. One due to the computer just overheating, and one due to it trying to turn too quickly and and you know lost balance and and crashed. But yeah, it's you know kind of impressive. It made the it was able to make the tire run completely untethered, on its own kind of, I guess mind control. Uh, you know, it wasn't like programmed to run a specific. I'm just gonna have thing. to you know hope that they don't you know introduce this thing to Forrest Gump. Yeah. And it did it on a single, you know, battery charge. So yeah, this is kind of like I said. Now they're training robots to outrun us, and kind of like uh, whatever Zombie Land, cardio, cardio, cardio. If you're gonna try to outrun the robots, hopefully you can get away before it, uh, you know, overheats. <laughs> yeah. You know, Somebody pull the plug. There is no plug. Damn it. You just got to run long enough for the battery to die before you die. And it's like the Energizer Bunny. It just keeps going and going. <laughs> and while they're not making uh, robot legs, they're making robot hands to play video games. So now they're going to be better at me at, at, at all the hobbies. Uh, a new three, a uh, new study published in the Journal of Science Advances. They have researchers have created a 3D robotic hand with a sufficient agility and finesse to operate video game controllers and can complete the first level of the old NES classic Super Mario Brothers in under 90 seconds. Fucker did a speedrun on Mario. No, dude, a speedrun is when they beat the game in like eight minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the problem with some of the basically previous hands was that pretty much each digit can try... Can required its own kind of control wires and and such that made it uh, too bulky and not uh didn't have enough f finesse to control something like a video game controller where this new robot hand is all 3D printed and uses basically fluid uh to move the digits in the hand it only requires basically one input wire hose whatever instead of ones for each individual component. And pretty much the 
entire machine can be 3d printed in one single run. They don't have to like print, you know, different parts of it. It's, it can be printed as one singular device, which kind of makes, uh, I guess, future implications of this, that this would kind of be a good technology for, I guess the next level of prosthetics, you know, being able to print a hand that has more, Guess a natural control to it. Than yeah, like then some of just the, like, you know, hands hey, I can clasp around an object, but I don't really have those fine, you know, tune motor skills. So yeah, some of the like previous stuff you see is it's like, you know, basically like a robot hand. It just kind of joints that can either close or open. Where this can, you know, gives it a lot more range of moment movement with these just kind of like fluid dynamics. You know, it's not just having to travel on a single like XY axis, it can do a lot more movements and individual movements. Cause you know, kids today playing their games with their, their fancy, uh, you know, Xbox controllers back in the day, we just had a D pad and two buttons <laughs> and this robot hand can at least handle that much technology. You know, maybe the next generation they'll be like, all right, now we've built it up where it can control the Xbox controller. <laughs> And now it's gone like full like master race, and now it's it's using PC keyboards to play games. But yeah, it's it's least you know in up to operating late eighties, early nineties technology. Whenever the NES originally came out, I can't remember now. I think it was the eighties. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's evolved past the Atari controller, and now it's on to NES. You know, <laughs> another decade, and it'll it'll be up to PlayStation One. Nah, dude. <laughs> The the hurdle is when it gets to Nintendo sixty four. Yeah, because you need some weird robot hand to work that thing. That thing was was awkward, <laughs> and that thing was designed for aliens. It had like three grips. It's like <laughs> this is not designed for humans. Yeah, luckily most games only incorporated either the D pad or the little joystick thingy. But yeah. I don't know. Then you had that weird Z button on the back of it. <laughs> yeah, like the three triggers and everything. Yeah, it's so, you know. Robot technology. Now they can outrun you and they can outgame you. You are fucked. And if you need to get away from those robots, the world's first flying jet motorcycle just completed prototype test flights. We're almost at Tron. <laughs> so anybody who's wanted to ride a drone, now's your time. Uh, yeah, some certain, now we need, I mean, we talked about flying drone races and shit, uh, now we're gonna have, uh, basically the fucking speeder bikes from Star Wars, that, that, that's, that's gotta be the new sport, you know, the fucking jet bike racing. Dude, that would be friggin' awesome. Yeah, this, uh, it's made by a company called Jetpack Aviation, and it's called the Speeder, and basically it looks like a flying jet ski. You know, Owen Wilson would be really happy. <laughs> it's it's like a jet ski, but, but for in space. Wow. Wow. Or however that my Owen Wilson uh, impression is not great. Oh. <laughs> uh, the company was testing basically a self-stabilizing jet platform that'll make the basis for the you know, while they don't have the complete, I guess, production model built, they're basically you know, testing this self uh, takeoff and balancing components of the of the future jetpack, and like I said, it's 
this kind of first scale test of it uh, was able to fly and uh, stabilize itself. So they've got kind of like the first uh, where you know a while's away from actual uh, actual you know being able to get a hold of this thing, but you know it's. They can at least get it off the ground now. And according to Jetpack Aviation, there's going to be various different iterations of the speeder, including recreational, military, and cargo lift models that will soar over 115 miles per hour to heights of up to 1,500 feet. So, yeah, you're going to be able to get really Whoa, high on these motherfuckers. Dude, that's some altitude. <laughs> yeah. So are we Yeah, go- you don't want to crash and burn... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, that's a little high. That's not like, you know, six foot off the ground, like, you know, like Star Wars, like little hover Yeah, this isn't shit. a this hover. Is, this is... Legit. This shit's like jet skis in the air. <laughs> oh, yeah, this, uh, this is going to be interesting. Oh. Yeah, something you definitely don't want to crash. So are we going to... Is that the next, like, evolu- are we going to get, like, roving sky biker gangs? Are we going to get, like, you know, Hell, Hell's Angels on, like, hover bikes? I'm going to be disappointed be if, awesome we if we don't. <laughs> uh, space bikers. I mean, biker mice from Mars, dude. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. See how many people try to recreate the whole, like, indoor thing and fly them through a forest and, like, just fuck themselves up running into trees. Because, you know, you invent something, then some human's going to try to, like, do... Like a Travis Pastrana is like, dude, the, we got to backflip it. Yeah, I, I got to do a trick on this thing. <laughs> Legit Superman. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, some caveman like I invented the wheel. Let's go jump this canyon. <laughs> as soon as humans invent new technology, there's other humans that are like, I'm gonna go do something stupid with that technology. It's it's human nature. It's in our DNA. <laughs> oh, and lastly, dude, I just tripled this cloud. <laughs> And lastly, there's a new AI that allows you to talk to the dead. It's like a digital Ouija board. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, a few years ago in 2019, Elon Musk and Sam Alterman's firm, OpenAI, created a piece of software that they deemed too dangerous to release. They believe this text-generating algorithm named GPT-2 was too convincing and could be used to like create fake news and such. And eventually they kind of released a dumbed-down version that had, like, uh, basically more limit limitations on them. But this kind of new AI can kind of learn based on, like, the conversations you have with it. And some of them, and if you don't, and I said it's, it's pretty much very expensive to use, so people who want to play with it you know they to reduce storage costs uh they limit the conversations and after a certain amount of time playing with the bot you have to purchase more credits to keep keep your conversation going but if you you eventually like stop talking to it the conversation with this ai you've built just kind of dies and even some users have said that like that you know as they're like kind of getting out of this thing that the some AIs have even begged not to die. Like, please don't leave. I don't want to die. Like, it's like, it's fucked up. <laughs> but, like I said, using this kind of base that it can learn to imitate, uh, create 
text based on input and even imitate the styles of certain authors. Some people have used it even beyond that to kind of create an AI version of people. Uh, one user uh, who had lost his uh, girlfriend basically like taught this AI like tons of stuff from her social media and it eventually learned how to communicate like his dead girlfriend. And this guy was having conversations with his girlfriend's AI doppelganger, which sounds weird as shit. Yeah, at that point, like, you really need to see a, you know, a therapist. Yeah. Like, you know. I mean, it's kind of like that, what was that movie where, uh, where uh, Joaquin Phoenix, like, fell in love with, like, his Siri on his phone and shit? <laughs> it's like the real-life version of, of some of these weird-ass sci-fi movies. I think it was called Her or something like that. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I get it. You know, the the grieving and the, the, the trauma, but at the same time, like, you've really mentally come unwound. Like, you need somebody to start, you know, helping piece I those mean, yeah, wires we all, back together. You already together. see people having, like, relationships with, like, sex dolls and, like, treating them like And now imagine people. what those hands are going to be able to do. Yeah, with, <laughs> with the 3D printed hands, and then now you can program a personality for its, like, chat, but, yeah. Humanity's doomed. <laughs> if it's not the, our robot overlords taking us out, it's us, like, doing dumb shit like this that we eventually, like, fall in love with the machines and just stop breeding. Oh, and on that happy note, uh, that's all I got for you this week. We'll be right back with some news. Welcome to the Ring of Thunder, the most electrifying wrestling podcast in the Thunderverse and the ESO network. From the power of the people's host, Sexy Thor, critics say, it doesn't matter what the critics say. You already know you're in for a hammer swinging, burrito eating, mic blazing, hair raising time with this weekly wrestling adventure, WWE, AEW, Impact, and whatever else I can possibly fit. If you hear what the Thunder is talking. And now it's time for all things nerdy in Nerd News. And welcome to Nerd News. Yeah, news! And in this rendition, we're going to talk about some exciting things, some heartbreaking things, and, you know, general nerdiness. (laughs) Maybe buttholes. I don't know. Do you need to go see a doctor? Space buttholes? Are you okay? I'm good. Okay. That's no it. messing number eights. Okay. Well, um, I guess speaking of uh, number eight, I mean, although this really wouldn't have been number eight in the sequel, um, we have learned that uh, the sixth Die Hard film that was in development is now dead in the water. Yeah, I mean, the last Die Hard movie was pretty bad. I only saw it once. <laughs> well, I mean, I I, guess... I love the Die Hard series, but that last movie was just not great. Yeah, I mean, I I kind of had hopes for this. I mean, you know, the developer, you know, Lynn Wiseman, I mean, did Underworld live for your Die Hard? I mean, those are two great titles in my opinion. <laughs> but, you know, this was being touted as both a prequel and a sequel. And, yeah, I just don't know. I mean. Shit got complicated. Yeah. I, that is Bruce Willis is getting too fucking old for this shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if uh, 
I mean, now that this project's dead in the water, I don't know if we would see Bruce in a John McCain capacity again. Like, I mean, they introduced his son in the last movie. Yeah, I, I figured that was going to be like the handoff, and like, all right, now we're doing diehards, and it's like John Jr. doing. Well, the... I mean, that's what they talked about was this was going to allow you to meet young John McCain, and you know, McLean, use, yeah, or <laughs> McLean, yeah, whatever, you know, and you know. They kind of attributed to this being almost like The Godfather Part 2, which, I'm sorry, nothing compares to Part 1 of The Godfather. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, anyway, uh, sorry to see that go, but eh, I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're doing another Indiana Jones with Harrison Ford, who's way too old for this shit, but John McClane is heavy action requirements if you're gonna put bruce willis in that shit anymore it's like i don't know if he can take the beating he once did and it'd be believable i mean we just got robot stuntman. legs yeah. robot hands i mean that's pretty much the movie i watched the other day on netflix called <laughs> cosmic sin and it was horrible <laughs> all right well i i guess uh that film does not get a high recommendation from you no it's one of those, yeah it's on netflix go check it out it's one of those you'll be like after you watch it you're like they spent the entire budget on just getting Bruce Willis to be in this movie because the rest of the movie looks like shit. <laughs> well, that was kind of a uh, unintentional segue. I'm glad you brought up Netflix. Um, Robert Downey Jr., you know, he produced uh, a series called Sweet Tooth. And I guess now... Um, Have you watched it? I, I did not so... uh, check it out. Just in the trailers, it looked too much kiddish to me. To, um, like, so I didn't. I didn't really... I have not watched it in its entirety. I have seen bits of all the episodes. Somehow Rachel got into it, and she absolutely, you know, fell in love with the series. And I gotta say, like, there were certain aspects that were kiddish, but when shit gets dark, it gets dark. Like, the thing and Rachel liked it, so for me, that's almost like a, a negative because everything we like, she hates. <laughs> so some she likes, I'm like. Oh, this is probably not something that uh, we would enjoy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like, there were, you know, moments of action that really captivated me. Um, I mean, you know, this is one of those that brings action and drama, um, and, you know, fucking people with horns and elves <laughs> and whatnot. But Magical it wasn't like... It wasn't like Lord of the Rings, right? So it wasn't just people walking. Um, you know, I mean, there was a lot of action and, you know, a lot of heartfelt moments that, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, you're into that kind of thing. I, I, it's hard for me because I have not seen it in its entirety to give a full rundown. But, you know, I saw enough of it to be like, okay, my first impressions was... I'm going to hate this, and <laughs> I, I didn't find myself hating it. You know, I was just distracted by other things. Um, Maybe worth giving it an option when you you run out of things to watch. Certainly. Um, but, yeah. Um, I was trying to see if they have a um, release date as of yet um, for Season 2. Um there's a fly, like, 
just keeps uh, wanting to be my friend, and I don't want to be friends with it. Oh, yeah. Her knees hurt to get winter again. I'm tired of, like, heat Insects, flies. yes. <laughs> so, um, anyway, for folks that were fans of, uh, you know, Sweet Tooth, check out, you know, Season 2 when it becomes available. Um, if we're, It's probably going to be, I mean, that's about the Netflix turnaround time, like, minimum. About a year. A year, yeah. <laughs> Um, Especially with the live action shit, yeah. The animated stuff tends they tend to put that out a lot quicker, but yeah, live action shit. You're probably looking at least a year. Well, speaking of live action shit, let's talk about Ghost. And the, I ain't afraid of no Ghost. I, I'm not either, dude. Not yet. <laughs> um, but we did get a new uh, Afterlife trailer, and um, I gotta say the the more I see of this, the more I'm. Looking forward to it. I, I still, part of me really wants OG Ghostbusters, and I know that this is going to be a passing of the torch. Yeah, it very much has a Stranger Things look to it, where it's a bunch of kids doing Ghostbuster shit. Or that was my only complaint from the first trailer. I mean, it looked cool, but there was no Ghostbusters in it. Where this one, we at least get Ray, or at least Ray's voice uh, in it. So eventually, I don't know if they're at what point in the film the original Ghostbusters show up and how much they take part in the movie. But we at least got some of the, you know, you see Annie Potts, you see Dan Aykroyd partially. So it's like, all right. And we not only like original Ghostbusters, you actually see some original monsters like the, the fucking demon dogs and maybe even Gozer herself, uh, popping up at some, and little bitty marshmallow man. It's like, all right. You know, I'm, I'm just a little mini mallows. And the thing is, it's like Ghostbusters and my my big complaint of the 2016 reboot that it was too silly. Where the original Ghostbusters, it was a comedy, but the people in the movie took it seriously. You know, it wasn't like slapsticky. Yes. Where this looks like it's even gone farther into the more serious tones of it. So I'm wondering how much comedy is going to be in this. But I got to say the kind of the dark version of the Ghostbusters actually looks kind of an interesting new way of going with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would kind of be interested to see a little bit of a, a darker, you know, but at the same time, like, that was the thing, as you know, that cast absolutely made Ghostbusters. Yeah. And, you know, I know we've got some folks returning, as many that are still around, but, you know, I just hope the heart of what made Ghostbusters isn't lost in this new version. Yeah, yeah, some people's like, oh, they're leaning too heavily on nostalgia, but, yeah, it looks, looks, I mean... I mean, at some point, you've got to create a bridge for new fans to come yeah. on board, otherwise, you know, we're we're in a people that grew up loving the 80s everything that made the 80s great is just going to be lost like if you don't create some kind of path to bring new people in into that you know i mean it's got paul rudd in it so it can't be that serious it's got to have some comedy <laughs> paul rudd doesn't do serious movies oh <laughs> uh, but yeah him showing like the kids like clips of the original ghostbusters on youtube and shit that was like oh man that's just so it's so weird. It's like, yeah, this is a universe where that shit happened and there's still YouTube and stuff like y'all kids never heard of ghosts here. Let me show you some shit on YouTube. These guys were awesome in the eighties. <laughs> New York was like the fucking walking dead back then. 
to say the least. <laughs> um, but I, I guess November 11th, uh, we'll know for sure. Yeah, uh, it's like one of those kind of long. We should this should have been out last year, but and then it I think got pushed to this summer, and then it got pushed again in November because you know theaters didn't open when they expected them to open. But now that theaters are out, yeah, it's like it's finally we're gonna get this movie and. I, I, I'm optimistic. I mean, I, I the trailer it looks kind of like a different take. Like I said, it looks a lot darker, and also the looks like the main cast is a lot younger than what we've <laughs> normally expected of a Ghostbusters film. But I mean, hell, Finn Wolfhard, I've liked just about everything I've seen him in. I mean, he's great in Stranger Things. He was great in uh, in the first uh, It uh, chapter, so yeah, this could be interesting. And my my second huge. I hated the uh, the fact that they rebooted Ecto One in the other movie. I'm like, no, Ecto One should be a '59 Cadillac, and like having, yeah, even though we've not got to see the original Ghostbusters, just seeing Ecto One riding around and shooting ghosts, it's like this is fucking awesome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> nothing else that that made the trailer for me. Well, something else that. Uh... You know, speaking of the 80s, because, I mean, that that was our greatest era, you know, for pop culture, apparently. Um, the 1986 animated film Transformers the Movie is the making... The movie that taught us all about death. <laughs> well, it's making a uh, theatrical appearance um, through Fathom Events, um, September 26th through 28th. Um, that way you can see... Its entirety on the big screen for its 35th anniversary. Now, does that make you feel old? Yes, yes, it does. And that movie still holds up. I watched it again the other day. So, yeah, I'd love to see that in the theaters. Yeah, I fell down a rabbit hole after we, like, you know, become fans of Cybertronic Spree. And I'm like, man, I got to watch that original movie again. And it was like, it still holds up. It's. (laughs) I even, like, had an old VHS copy that I gave to the kids, and they watched that fucker on repeat. So, yeah, um, you know, head over to Fathom Events. Go ahead, get your tickets. Uh, like I said, um, you know, 26th and the 28th is uh, of September. Um, and you can also catch out the original 1986 trailer on YouTube. <laughs> you know, if you just want to get that. And if you that is great just want to relive that 80s soundtrack, absolutely check out Cybertronic Spree if you have not already given those folks will listen yeah they even did a full like cover of the original album too so yeah if you want to hear their version of that original 1986 soundtrack they recorded a whole album of that uh and we'll be at dragon con again this year which i've already got tickets to their they're coming to the masquerade in november so it's like first i'm seeing them not at dragon con but yeah i already picked up tickets for that so i can't wait to see them like in an actual music venue <laughs> yes absolutely uh just good to be able to, you know, say music venue again. Yeah. It's been far too long. Um, and it wouldn't be news without a little shake-up. Uh, we're going to talk about some Doctor Who news. Um, looks like Jodie Whitt- Whittaker and Chris uh, Shebnell will leave this series after three seasons. Which I have not watched any of Jodie Whittaker's run of his Doctor Who. I just kind of got... Kind of like Walking Dead. I got burned out after. Yeah, and it's not like oh, I quit watching this because now there's a lady Doctor Who. I quit watching like halfway through Capaldi's run, so <laughs> I was already not watching when when uh, she took over. But yeah, I, I still hear it's good. I just too many things to do and just 
hadn't got around to, to following. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to go back doctor. and you know rewatch it because I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I was a big fan. I mean, we'll just have to see what the future holds. Dun, dun, dun. And probably our biggest bit of news is uh, this morning uh, we had the Dragon Con Town Hall. Um, yeah, breaking news: Dragon Con released their what their COVID protocols are going to be for this upcoming show. Yeah, um, this is going to feel like a much different con. I mean, you know, in, in at least compared to the last five years. Yeah. You know, um, um, kind of like the highlights of the list. And this is kind of, this part's kind of out of the hands of the con is the city of Atlanta has issued a, a mask mandate, uh, gone back to requiring masks at all indoor venues and whatnot. So you will have to wear a mask at dragon con. There's not a vaccine requirement, but they are strongly suggesting you do that. And they're going to be capping attendance. This is the first year that tickets may actually sell out. So they're going to be capping attendance at, uh, they said, they didn't give a specific number, they said, but it was going to be about half of the previous year, was 2019's attendance. So whatever that number was, but I think it was like 70-something thousand, they're going to limit it to half of that. Uh, there's going to be no Saturday single-day passes. Um, and like I said, there's going to be a limited number of single day passes for the rest of the week. The parade, which has always been open to anyone in Atlanta that wants to show up is only going to be, you're going to have to have a badge to get out on the street to see the parade. I mean, this might be one year that I actually go and check out the parade. It won't be nearly as because yeah, yeah. normally it is such a cluster of an event, you know, with just how many people are packed for miles and miles. Uh, and there'll also be no on-site ticket sales. So you're, if, if, even if tickets are still left, you're going to have to buy them online because they want to, kind of limit the people that crowded of people trying to get tickets uh day of. So day passes went on sale today as well. So if you're not already got your tickets, you better go ahead and get them just in case we hit capacity. And for all y'all that can't make it or are too worried to come this year around the, they're still going to broadcast everything virtually. I think the virtual tickets are $10 for access yeah, $10 to the, uh, was the access cost dragon con online. And, uh, one of the, I can't remember if it was CBS, one of the local news agencies is going to be broadcasting the parade. So anyone who actually is not coming to Dragon Con and can't come down to watch the parade, it's going to be broadcast in its entirety on, on TV. So you will be able to watch it there. Yeah. The other big thing is, um, you know, panels, obviously, yes. you know, um, those lines and capacities can get ridiculous, and uh, they are so, cutting, uh, you know, basically two-thirds maximum capacity at all times for all panels. So, you know, and once even the line with, gets up to whatever that magic number is, they're going to cut off the line. So if you want to get to a panel, you better be there soon, because once it... There's no lining up around the block and hoping I can get in, stand in the back of the room. It's like someone's going to be monitoring and like, all right, there's... X number of people in line, we're at capacity, y'all gonna have to fuck off and go watch something else. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like also, too, the guest roster is cut down by half, so, um, you know, the Walk of Fame, obviously that draws a lot of people that, you know, want to get signatures or just, you know, catch a glimpse of, you know, their their famous heartthrobs. Yeah, and um, I don't know if there's gonna be, like, rotating people in and out and only having, like, 
half the usual number of people in there, but or if they've just capped guests at, at that half capacity number. Yeah, I think, you know, what they... Reading from the actual release, it says, In the Walk of Fame, we will have approximately 50% fewer guests signing to provide for better spacing, personal distancing, and traffic flow, as well as line management. There will be a one-way flow and force throughout the room and limited capacity at all times. Um, and additional safety precautions may be enforced, um, including temperature checks. Yeah, and, and uh, it's going to be hot in Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be mostly useless because we're all going to be overheated. <laughs> um, uh, but even though, like, all these reductions, like the guests list they've been posting so far, I mean, there's a lot of big guests, so it's... If you are coming, there's not going to be any shortage of cool people to go see. I mean, hell, yeah. Captain Kirk's back. Uh, like I said, there's a b- bunch of Doctor Who guests. Uh, pretty much, if you're a fan of Smallville, most of the Smallville cast is going to be there. Yeah, it's there's a lot of big-name celebrities going to be there. Uh, and uh, also, I think the uh, anyone who's fans of the, the arcade that they have over in the gaming hall... That's been moved to another yeah, location so, in Peachtree Center. Yeah, the you know joystick game bar um, has moved from America's Mart, and they've got a pop-up experience. It's located at 161 Peachtree Center Ave, Northeast in Atlanta. Um, that will basically be going from 10 a.m. to 4 a.m. daily. Um, Dragon Con members do get in free. Yeah, and it's like these, like the gaming areas that were open 24 hours, they're going to be open, what, like 20 hours now, just just to allow for room cleaning throughout the day. It's going to be weird going downstairs at the, you know, Marriott, normally with all the fan tables and stuff, because I guess uh, to allow for maximum, you know, distancing, there will be no fan tables this year either. Yeah, because that's hanging out in the basement of the Marriott's always been, you know, kind of a thing, so yeah, that's going to be... I mean, where's the crook shadows in the netherworld going to be? Because <laughs> that's kind of a staple. Of, they're always the down parade. there in the basement in the Marriott. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's definitely going to be different. But at least we get a con. Yeah. Uh, and if that's all you got, uh, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're also on the ESO Network at ESOnetwork.com. Uh Check out uh, StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code CigarNerds. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at CigarNerdPod. And also no news on, as far as I know, the cigar meetup is still happening. Uh, I don't know how the mask mandates are going to affect that. As of today, there's announcements still coming about the Red Phone Boost cigar meetup. So we're still waiting for final details. I know the craft beer, DragonCon craft beer group meetup has been canceled. Uh, but we shall see. Uh, been through all the social media things. Uh, get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com. And with that, watch out for the TVA. Don't get pruned. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We are your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.